Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's our brick concept is we're looking to find that brick that's going to cause mass acceleration. And we call that brick your predominant KPI, your predominant key performance indicator to where if you focused on that, that's how you grow. Welcome to Think Business with Tyler, sharing our methods and strategies for success. Join in on our conversations with business owners as we highlight their triumphs and detail how they overcame the challenges they faced while continuing to grow and scale their business. It's time to think life, think success, and think business with your host, Tyler Martin. In today's episode, we're diving into the world of business growth with Jim Tannehill, CEO of Empire Operating System. Jim is an expert in helping businesses go from startup to empire. We'll be discussing the five phases of a business with a focus on the importance of achieving viability, as well as how your mindset can either help or hinder your business growth. Jim also shares his advice on building a business to sell and the importance of collaboration and surrounding yourself with valuable people. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur or just starting out, you'll want to listen intently to hear Jim's expert advice on how to build your empire brick by brick. So get ready to take your business to the next level. Let's chat with Jim now. Hey, Jim, thanks for being on the Think Business with Tyler podcast show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm glad to have you. I'm excited to talk with you. I always love to start out a little bit, uh, if you don't mind sharing. What do you do? Yeah, so I'm the CEO of Empire Operating System. So we're a business operating system. We help entrepreneurs grow efficiently and effectively by using our system. Very cool. So this is a proprietary, and I'm going to also deviate a little bit. So operating system is just a, it's a system for how to scale, grow, a company from, is there any certain level or is it from ground up? How does it work exactly? Yeah. So it's a, uh, it's a good question. Uh, whenever anyone hears system, they think tech and things like that, which we do have some of that stuff involved, but it's a systematic way to grow and scale your business. So we, we talk at empire, we talk about five phases of business that startup perseverance, viability, scale, and succession. We're able to help business owners and entrepreneurs identify where they're at in those phases, help them grow the way where they want to grow. So whether they're a solopreneur that has a business idea or concept, or whether they are planning on exiting their business, whether it's they're selling it or they want to remove themselves from the day-to-day and go into an owner's box or anything like that, we help map out that entire journey with our curriculum. Very cool. So before we get into the program, because I definitely have some questions about each phases and who falls into those phases and is this methodology kind of canned or is it customized? So all these questions I've got, before we do that, I'd love to talk about how did this system get created? Like who's the designer of it? And, you know, yeah, just let's start with who's the designer. Yeah. So uh, Eddie Wilson, a couple of years ago, he had 86 businesses and over 4,000 employees. He was using different operating systems to help grow and scale his businesses, but he kept hitting a ceiling. You know, good operating systems, very, you know, very, very good. We won't hear a negative thing. We're, we're happy that businesses have an operating system, but he kept hitting a ceiling. So he, he decided he was going to become an operations guru and he learned 
a bunch of these different operating systems. He took all the good pieces he liked and he built what we call Empire. And in 2019, Eddie was able to exit 76 of those businesses for a billion plus in revenue. Wow. We don't say that boastfully, right? It's And it's not just because of the operating system. There's a lot of other things that Eddie has done, but the operating system was a systematic way for him to know what was going on in each one of those businesses all at the same time. So he's kind of the guru or the architect of this. Now, is this... You made a comment. So did he, because there are some other popular operating systems, did he evaluate some of those others and say, hey, I'm going to make my own secret sauce that that is unique? Or do they kind of overlap? Or how does it intertwine? Yeah. So, you know, some of it may be similar depending on what phase of your business you're in. You know, one of the more popular ones really is, does a really good job in our curriculum of taking you from perseverance to viability. They don't really speak to startup and they don't really speak to how to scale and exit your business. They're implementers. And I've talked to you know many, many different uh, coaches and people in all these different industries. They're implementers. They have some phenomenal implementers that can help do that with you. But we have a systematic way for your company to go through that. You know, our, our desire with Empire is we love our coaches. We love coaches. Coaches are great. Our desire is that companies don't become so dependent on a coach. They become dependent on a system or curriculum. They will need a coach for a phase of the business. And if they want them for the entire journey of the business, then great. But we don't want them to be so dependent on that coach that they don't have the independence to go out and build what they need to build without without having somebody from outside their business, inside their business, if that makes sense. Hmm. So if someone comes into your program, is this more of like, is it like modules that they're going through or how does it work? And then with coach supplementation? How does the program work? Yeah. So there, there's a couple of different things. You know, we have we have an online uh, course that we have built out that has all the different modules that, that'll give you a high level view. That's a good entry point for someone that is curious about Empire and who we are. But then from there, you know, Eddie and I, we host certification events and those are two day in person with us, eight hour days. And we'll go through and teach you the systemology, the methodology, the ideology, all behind Empire. Whether you're a coach or whether you're, you know, we, what we've seen recently is that a lot of companies will send their COO, their integrator, the operations manager, whoever that day-to-day operational role is, they'll send them in to come and get certified by us. And we teach them the system so they can go self-implement. They don't have any desire to, you know, go out and consult or coach other companies. They just want to build their own empire with by using our system. So we, we've seen both. You know, we have coaches, we have about 67. Coaches that go out across the country and and teach other businesses, and then we have operators there to operate within the within the business themselves. What do you see in the journey of a business? What's the most common thing that you see that businesses are struggling with or aren't doing right? Is there is there a theme or are there common ones that come up? Yeah, so a lot of it, a lot of things that I see as we go through these journeys with with these different businesses is a correct action at an incorrect time. You know, we take advice from different people not understanding the phase of business or the phase of life that they're in. And we hear this person, hey, I, I do this, this, and this. Well, that's easy for them to spend, you know, $400,000 a month on marketing because they're a $40 million company where someone's like, well, I got to spend, if they're doing that, I got to spend all my money on marketing. And th- that might not be the case. So it's really important and why we really, one of the core foundations of Empires of Five phases of business is really important to identify where you're at. So you can understand, okay, these are the actionable items. These are what I need to kind of take me to that next level. Because that's one of the biggest things that we see is correct actions at incorrect times. Okay. And so let's kind of go through those. I'd love to just kind of dig into each phase. So your first phase is startup. Yep. Seems somewhat self-explanatory, but let's say someone comes to you and they're, I guess, early in their journey. 
take me through a little bit of the challenges that they're facing, maybe where you guys would fit in making that a little less painful. Yeah. So, and for us, when we talk about startup, that we define it as uh, it's the business is either not started or it's been in business for less than a year and it's it might be a side hustle or something like that, right? So our biggest advice that we give someone in that stage is to make sure you have a predetermined amount of time, predetermined amount of money, and predetermined amount of resources that you allocate for that startup. Because otherwise you're going to get you know five, six, seven years down the road and still have this startup that it doesn't have any sort of momentum and it just keeps taking, especially if you're a serial entrepreneur, if you're an entrepreneur and you have multiple businesses, all that startup is going to do is going to steal money and resources from a viable, good company because it's a project. So we always say, make sure you have those things predetermined. That way, you know, you know, by this time, by this date, this company is either going to be viable or we're going to have to look at it and figure out, do we need to shut it down or what's going on? You know, I, one of the companies I was able to, to start uh, last year, maybe a little over a year and a half ago now, it was in the direct mail industry. I didn't have a lot of experience in, in direct mail, but you know, it was one of Eddie's companies. And they told me, they said, Jim, you have 12 weeks. Here's the concept. Here's the idea. Here's the fund. This is the predetermined amount of time. You have 12 weeks. Here's a predetermined amount of money. And then here are your resources. You have 12 weeks to take this from concept to a business. Otherwise, we're gonna we're gonna have to look at it and, and you know consider shutting it down. You know, and I was able to do that systematically, part of it because I had access to I have the operating system. But the other part was like we drew a line in the sand and said, hey, look, it's gonna be this amount of time, this amount of money, this amount of resources. We'll go all in for 12 weeks, figure it out. If it's not something that's sustainable, then we're gonna shut it down and do something else. So that's one of the biggest things that we see in a startup is it drags on when it doesn't need to. The data will tell you. Right. Is that a hard conversation though when you're like dealing with Joe? individual business owner, Jane, and you're giving them kind of a, like a drop dead date. Hey, this is, if you don't get here. You're probably considered wrapping up. Is that a tough conversation? Oh, absolutely. Because you know, the, the emotions and things are, are tied in for me. And when I'm, when I'm looking at it from the outside, but from a different perspective, I I don't have emotion tied to it. I'm like, this is logic. This is data. But to understand like, Hey, this is my baby. This is a passion project. Well, we still need to have that, have that stopping point. And it doesn't mean that we are shutting it down at, at week 12, for instance, right? It just means we need to reevaluate and figure out, okay, this way is not working. Let's figure out what is. But you have to be willing, like in anything that you do, you have to be willing to say, nope, this is a line in the sand. Like this is where it needs to stop. Otherwise, it's going to take too much from me that from something else that I could be doing. Yeah. And I imagine that line in the sand creates some urgency too. Yep. Where, you know, if there's like some mental deadline, people are more likely to try to hit their goals or rather than it just kind of flounder for years. Right. Urgency and focus. Like you, I forget what it's called, but it's that thing where if you give yourself, if, if you've got a garage and it's it's messy, disorganized, if you give yourself eight hours to organize it, well, it's going to take eight hours. If you give yourself less time, it's going to take less time. So it's one of those, it's one of those, and I forget what that law or what whoever came up with that principle is called, but that's the concept we tie really into that is we, hey, let's get focused and hyper-focused on this task and let's get this off the ground. Cool, cool. So next phase is perseverance. Yep. What company comes into that phase? And is there a size around it or a period in their cycle they're at? And not necessarily a size, but you know, it's a they they've been profitable for maybe two quarters around around two quarters. They've had two profitable quarters. They still have less than sixty days operating costs. Not don't really have an operating system. 
And, you know, they're still working through working through some of those things. Perseverance is what we would call, you know, the grind phase. It's it's where everyone is burning midnight oil, kind of going all in, wearing multiple hats and, and multiple seats and really trying to push the thing forward. It's where, you know, the grind is can be over glamorized. People think, oh, this is great. Like, let's let's grind. Let's do this. And we see it all over social media from from different people about how they're grinding. But we we really make an effort and we really tell people you want to get out of this phase as quickly as possible. If you don't get out of this phase and you linger in it, you're going to burn out and it's going to eventually you're going to fail. The, the goal for every any business that is being built, the goal for that business should be to get to viability. Like that should be that should be the number one goal. It shouldn't be to to sell it. It shouldn't be to scale it. No, those those shouldn't be the goal. The goal should be to get the viability. And once you get there, you can assess: Do I want to scale it? Do I want to sell it? What do you want to do with it? But every business should that should be the target they're they're aiming for. Got it. So to get through perseverance, you know, you really need to have that operating system. You really need to have your processes and, and systemization and things in place. And you really want to focus on, on making sure you have the, the right people in the right seat. You know, there's in this phase, it's easy to hire your brother-in-law to do your bookkeeping, your aunt to do sales and your cousin do marketing. And that, and that's fine, but you need to understand like at some point you're going to have to actually have somebody that if your relatives are experts there, then great. But if they're not, then in order for you to take that next step, you've got to find somebody that that fits within within that culture and, and into that seat. Yeah. So is there a timeline? So the next next phase is viability. You mentioned that. Is there a timeline that companies generally have that you would go from kind of that startup to that grind phase? I like that terminology grind phase because it can be a grind. And then yeah. you get to that viability phase where you're starting to get over the hump. Is there a timeline a lot of companies follow those cycles or is it just totally dependent on each company? It's totally dependent, but, you know, a general outline, you know, startup could take you up to about a year, depending on what industry, depending on what product, and then perseverance that would, depending, again, depending on where you're at, another six to eight months. And then once you're in, once you get to viability, so, you know, companies can get into viability within, in between that two to three year mark, just again, depending on a lot of different things that they do and how, how focused they are. And then once they're there, like that's where you can really decide what that next step is. So that that is kind of the typical journey, but again, it's sure. very industry specific. What happens in viability? So I'm assuming at, at that point, the company is viable and it's probably profitable. What else is happening in there in terms of viability? Yeah, so at that point, that's when you have all key roles you know, hired and trained. You have an op, some sort of operating system and uh, you're profitable. And at that point, you become a lot more profitable through performance. You're performing on your processes and your systems. And that's why we say that's what takes you through perseverance is, is having those things. You hit that those different performance metrics. And uh, right here is where, you know, where some businesses and some people, this is where they need to stay. You know, again, just like how the grind can be over glamorized, scaling your business can also be over glamorized. Like people think, well, I'm viable. That means I must go to scale. No, you need to be, it needs to be something that you're consciously like aware of because not everyone is predisposed to do that. Not everyone is meant to do that. Not every company is meant to do that. And it really depends on the purpose. Like for me and, and Eddie, we're very similar in that if something isn't able to scale, we kind of get kind of bored, right? We want to go and build like, and that's why empire, right? We want to go build an empire, but your empire and I love, you know, I love focusing on that building your empire because it's going to be different than my empire, than Eddie's empire. Like everyone's empire needs to be different. I don't want people to hear Eddie's story about how he built all those businesses and sold them for a billion plus and think, oh man, I can't do that. There's no way. 
that's fine. That's not your journey. That's not your empire. Like, what is your empire? That was what Eddie was meant to do. That's not what you're meant to do. So you need to understand, like, just because everyone talks about doing all these different things doesn't mean it's for you. You really, when you get to viability, you really need to understand, like, is this what I want? Do I want a lifestyle business that where I make, you know, six figures and, I, and I'm comfortable in my day-to-day life and I don't really want to take any more risk and I can do what I want? Or is your goal to, to build something massive? And from there, there, you know, a couple of key questions that we that we ask and things we say is one is, you know, the, the people that got you here that got you to viability might not take you to scale, right? The people that got you here won't won't take you there. And that doesn't mean when you hear that, that doesn't mean, hey, we need to I need to fire some of my people. It means you need to be willing to invest in your people because the where they're at mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, whatever it is. That might not be what it's going to take for them to scale, but if you invest in some coaching or some training or different products that will help benefit them, then they can be there. Because people take that quote and they think, oh, I got to fire 30% of my staff. They're not going to be here in the next couple of years. Sure, that might end up being the case, but that's not the intention. That's not the way we think about it, right? We think, how can I invest in these people that have helped me get this far to take them the next level with me? Got it. You made a comment a little bit earlier about maybe a company might not be scalable. Is that something that you learn in viability or is that something you kind of can see as you're forming the company earlier in its life? And and what would cause a company not to be scalable in your mind? Yeah. So, you know, it's something that I think, you know, Eddie and I, we can really identify early on as we as we talk, but it's something to where in viability, it becomes evident, right? Because what scanning essentially does is it essentially puts you back into perseverance mode, back into that grind. And you got to be willing to leverage all your assets, your your time, your money, your resources, all that again, back in, into there. Someone that just came out of there might, might be like, you know what? I hated that. Like that was not very enjoyable. I like where I'm at. I'm good. And someone be like, you know what? I see the end. You know, I'm starting with the end of mine. I, I see where I want to go and doing something like that's going to be going to be worth it for me. And, uh, there are sometimes there are leaders, there's owners or CEOs, leadership team. There's people like that that are not predisposed to to doing that. You know, I work for a commercial construction company, and we helped grow his business to between three to six million dollars a year. From he was doing six figures, we took him to help take him to seven, and uh, we're trying to push it to get him to between that ten and twenty million dollars a year range. And uh, he was fighting us tooth and nail to do it. And what it was was he was comfortable, like the lifestyle that he was able to provide his family and, and his people, like that three to $6 million range was, was perfect for him. And back then I didn't really understand it because I was actually, you know, I was, I was in the business doing the work. I don't understand why I'm like, why, why is he fighting this change? Why is he fighting this? And it was all because he didn't want to go through that grind. Like he got through it and said, you know what? I'm good. I, there's no need for me to go back. So it's really a, a self-assessment of, of the leadership team and really of the, the CEOs and, and the owners to see what they're predisposed to. If you're a business owner feeling stuck in your business, overwhelmed, responsible for everything that happens and working long hours, Tyler helps his clients develop processes, hire high-performing team members, and better understand their financial metrics and numbers to allow for a more predictable, less hands-on business. To schedule a free, no-pressure consultation, head to thinktyler.com and click the meeting button. Tyler would love to see if he can help you work on your business, not in your business. Schedule a consultation today at thinktyler.com. Think life, think success, think business. Back then, I didn't really understand it because I was actually, you know, I was I was in the business doing the work. I don't understand why. I'm like, why, why is he fighting this change? Why is he fighting this? And it was all because... 
he didn't want to go through that grind. Like he got through it and said, you know what? I'm good. I, there's no need for me to go back. So it's really a, a self-assessment of, of the leadership team and really of the, the CEOs and, and the owners to see what they're predisposed to. Got it. Do you ever find, are there any people that come into your program, they can't apply the methodologies or they're, it's just not cut out for them? Or is, is this pretty much like anybody that comes into the program, they're pretty much going to be able to find follow the methodology and have success from it? Is it individual specific? What's your thoughts around that? Yeah, no. So you know, that's a good question. We haven't found a vertical. We haven't found an individual that this doesn't work for yet. What we do need to spend some time on a lot is mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a lot of uh, limiting beliefs that we put on ourselves that can prevent us from from doing that. And until we actually, and a good exercise we do is we have them verbalize what they're feeling. You know, let me hear it because once they hear what they're saying, they're like, oh, well, that's not true, I guess. Like, but while it's you know cooped up inside and in their heads. Like, there's no way, there's no way someone did this. There's no way this is going to work. Once you're able to have a conversation with them about what that limiting belief is and help them overcome it, then that becomes easy. So there's a little bit of mindset shift. And, uh, you know, we, we talk about, and it's part of our curriculum that, that we, we go through, we, we talk about how do you overcome fear? And it's with knowledge, it's with data. Like if I were to tell you, you know, if I were to tell you that Eddie was going to come into your business, you know, our, our founder and, and chairman, he's going to come into your business. He's going to take it to... 500 million in three to five years, you're doing 40 million and you saw his track record, you knew who he was. You'd be like, oh yeah, all day. I would love that. Well, here's a system. This is what he did. And using that to overcome their their fears with with the data and, and knowledge. So that that's a big mindset thing that we really push hard on when we when we go through this with them. Yeah, very cool. So let's go to the succession phase. So this is a phase thinking about exiting or maybe giving probably to your family. What does that succession phase look like? Yeah, so, you know, there's there's a lot of different things that go into that to make sure that that is what's healthy and good for you. You know, the business valuation and your financial checkups and there's a lot of different pieces that go into that. So, when we go through this journey with companies, doesn't matter what phase they're in, we always tell them, you know, build to sell. Whether you end up selling or not, that's that's not important to me. I want you to build it to sell it because if you do it that way, you're going to do it the right. You're going to do it right the first time, knowing that somebody's going to come come in and, and look at your forensics and look at your books. That's very important that you know we we emphasize that. But as they as they get to that level, some people sit in that phase to where they've scaled it, they've built it to where they want it, but then they they don't let go. Like they're they're afraid because they don't know what's next and they don't know if I this is my identity. I've spent you know five, ten, fifteen, twenty years doing this. I don't know what's next. And so we talk them through that, again, that mindset thing to where we really talk them through, hey, you do this, you know, you're holding the, for some people, you're holding the company back now. Like it's, it deserves to grow and you're sitting in the way. It doesn't mean that, you know, your life's over. Let's find, so we go through some exercises to help them discover what's, what's kind of next for them. And uh, we have a lot of different assessments and things like that, that we do to, to help them uh, see through that because a lot more people are sitting in that seat that are ready to exit the business, but are holding on for fear of what's next or, or who knows what. So that, that's, you know, we work with them through that. Okay. And then as far as an operating system for a business, are there certain components of that? Like obviously systems and processes. Do you guys like have a checklist of what makes up essentially the operating system? Like I know some of the other programs, maybe like meetings and accountability. And is that kind of how you guys, yours is designed or what defines as an operating system? 
Yeah, yeah. So we do all that. You know, we have we have meetings, we have, you know, accountability charter business structure. You know, we really help them define their their core values, their purpose mission. So we we do all that at the beginning. We really help them set their input the most important KPIs. Or, you know, there's there's three of them that we talk about. They're a key performance indicator, process indicator, and then profit indicator. So we really early on help them establish those performance ones. What really differentiates us there in that department is we talk about we talk about a, a brick. And uh, you know, the, the saying goes, you know, how do you build an empire by laying one brick at a time? And uh, the concept came, you know, Eddie was in uh, Newark, New Jersey, and uh, it's right across the river from Manhattan. And, uh, you know, I haven't been in Newark yet, but every time he tells a story, every time I tell a story and someone in the room has been in Newark, they agree with him. He says, <laughs> he says, it's the armpit of America. He <laughs> says, it's not very, not very fun place to be in, not very beautiful and all that. He said, and across the river is this beautiful, vibrant, lively, lively city. So he was in Newark and, uh, you know, trying to figure out why am I not over in Manhattan? Like, how did I get stuck in Newark? So he started doing some research with uh, one of those books that they put on the end tables and saw that, you know, Newark desired to be the center of business in the Western Hemisphere. And he's like, well, obviously they missed the mark. Like, what happened here? So, he, you know, Eddie, Eddie just started doing more research. And uh, come to find out, Newark and Manhattan both started trying to build up their cities at the, at the same time. But there was a brick factory right down the river between the two. And uh, it was like a gold, yellowish, ugly looking brick. If you go to the Hell's Kitchen area of Manhattan, you can still see the original brick. And Newark said, nah, we don't, we don't want that. We want a more beautiful, vibrant city. We're going to import all these uh, materials from Italy and all these, all these different materials where Manhattan's like, well, we'll take those bricks and we'll just, we'll just build. So Manhattan ended up crushing, obviously, Newark and, and built this beautiful city. And they ended up having to dredge their dredge their banks because their banks weren't deep enough for the, the ships to come in and out of port. Like they had to do all these extra things. And, you know, we use that story to talk about business to where if you focus on, you know, if you focus on that brick and you lay one every day, eventually you're going to build an empire. But if you focus on all the other shiny objects and different things that are available to you, then you're going to get distracted and you're going to get left in the dust. And, you know, so what, what we talk about even more so is you talk about, you know, a, a river when the banks are 100 feet wide and it's going pretty fast. You can't really tell how fast it's going. But once you narrow those banks uh, to 10 feet, you can really see how fast how fast that river is actually going. And that's what we're looking to do. And that's, that's our brick concept is we're looking to find that brick that's going to cause mass acceleration. And we call that brick you know, your predominant KPI, your predominant key performance indicator to where if you focused on that. That's that's how you grow. Is there a predominant KPI that most businesses have, or does it just dramatically vary between each business? Yeah, it, it varies between each business. And there's an exercise that we do that that helps everyone identify what that is. So the exercise that we walk them through is called SIPOC. That's an acronym. It stands for Supply Input Process Output Customer. I got ahead of myself. So essentially what we're doing is we're mapping out the customer journey. You know, again, imagine it as a river. We're gonna map out, we're gonna map out that river. And we're going to find out where that mass acceleration point is. Usually it lies in between your input and your process. And I'll explain what that is. So supply is your, your marketing efforts, right? Like what are you doing for marketing and, and how's your name kind of getting out there? Inputs is your, your lead qualification. You've generated a lead, but how do you know they're a good fit for your product, your service, or whatever it is? And then from there, for example, in real estate, if you're a real estate investor, usually there is in between your your input and your processes. When you have a qualified lead, they check all the boxes, they're owner of the home, they you know are in distress and they're being realistic with how much they, they want for the property. Like 
once you have a qualified lead, like that is where your brick lies is how many qualified leads can I get? And then from there, because then the offers are easy to make your process and your process is the, you know, the offer. And then your output is the performance on your service. So if it's, you know, rehab in a house, if it's fulfillment, if, if it's service-based, whatever it is, and then the see the customers, the, the reviews, how happy were they to go through that journey and how much are they going to either be a repeat customer or how much are they going to refer you to somebody else? You dissect that all the way down. And, you know, the brick is where, and I don't, I don't think I said this yet, the brick is where your solution meets their problem. And that's where you know that that's, that's what your brick is. So you emphasize it on that. And if all you're trying to do is get qualified leads, then that person that's qualifying leads, it matters what upstream is doing marketing. Hey, marketing, you've got the incorrect avatar. Why do we, why do we market in this geolocation to this demographic? Like we need to fix this. And if, you know, we're getting enough qualified leads and, but we're not closing on it. Well, then our sales guys, what's happening here? Cause we are hitting our target market. We are marketing the right people. They're coming through and they're, they're checking all the boxes. Is it, is it a performance issue? Do we not understand? So by, by mapping all that out, it tells you a lot of different things by, by mapping out that river. Yeah. Wow. Sounds pretty, pretty detailed. So the other question I had for you in regards to, are there some common KPIs that, that you, your businesses routinely have that sometimes end up being the predominant one, a few that you could share that are common ones? Yeah. So, you know, we just worked with a, a tech company a couple of weeks ago. And for them, it was, they build out apps and websites, WordPress, all that stuff. But for them, like they wanted to focus on bigger projects. So for them, it was discovery projects completed. Like I think their their discovery project, I forgot what the timeline is, but they're offering 3K. But the owner told me, he said, when I do a discovery project, 95%, he had the stats, 95% of the time, they go on to the next the next phase and we go to build mode. And that's where that's yeah that's where it is. Well, if you're having that much success, well, let's make sure that we get these these leads to that point. So again, it goes back up river to see, okay, are we marketing the right people? Are we qualifying enough? Like from that, just because they have a discovery call and then they have discovery project. So is that discovery call going good? Do we need to change the script? Or do we need to show more presentation? Like and really systematically walk through that. That way, once you get them to that point, ninety five percent close rate. We worked with a a daycare. And uh, for them, it was uh, open house tours attended. So they get the parents to walk through, show them the product. And again, they had a pretty high close rate after they walked them through the facilities. So it's, you know, those are a couple of examples. Eddie, the point you want to get to, Eddie had an insurance company. And the point you want to get to, his was uh, policies written. And he had it so dialed in, and I don't want to—I don't want to jump too far ahead and give people give everyone too much to think about. But he had it so dialed in that he knew that if he wrote, you know, if he wrote 400 policies a day, then he would need another data scientist and another a customer service person. Like, and that's how much data you're looking to all from all from this exercise. There's that's how much data can be tied into to where you're making decisions based on the data and logic and not just on emotion feeling like, ah, I, I think we need to hire somebody else. Well, what does our data say? Our data says for every 1600 policies we write, we need to hire four more people. Great. And, and watch those metrics. And that's how you build it systematically. And that's what, that's what we teach, right? That's, that's how systematized you can get just from understanding what phase of business you're in, your brick, and then understanding that SIPOC, that uh, breakdown of the customer journey. Very cool. Hey, I always love, well, first, thanks so much for sharing so much detail about your system. And I I always love to end the podcast with uh, a life tip or a business tip, something you've learned along the way, if you have it off the top of your head, that you can share with us and um, we can apply to our lives. Is there anything that comes that you've learned in your journey that you could share with us? 
Yeah. Something that really helped me was a book that I read, Who Not How. Ah. And I forget who wrote it, but you know, I don't know if you know a lot about predictive index, but I am a, a maverick on predictive index, which means, you know, I like I like to go fast and I go alone and then I'll turn around and be like, hey, where's everyone at? And uh, what I realized early on and, you know, a couple of years ago was that I don't have to be the one that does everything. I don't need the credit, anything like that. I just need to, it's uh, faster alone, but further together. Like to me, collaboration, like I'm always looking to collaborate with people, even, you know, some of these operating systems that I'm specifically not naming, but even, even some of these, these coaches and in, in the leadership team, like I've talked to a few of them because I fully believe there's a way for us to collaborate and work together. If, if our goal at the end of the day is to help business owners and entrepreneurs, we have the same goal in mind. We might have different methods, but there's a way for us to be, to, to find some synergy and to be symbiotic. So that's something that I wish I would have realized earlier in my career and in my life was that, you know, you need people, not you need people. So I'm going to build these, these fake relationships and, and, and things like that. You need long-term strong network of good people because you never know where you're going to need to lean on them and when they can help, help you lean on you a little bit. So that that's one of the lessons that I think everyone should know. That's a great one. That's powerful. Hey, so I'll put this in the thinktyler.com show notes. Your website is empire om.com. That's empireom.com. If people wanted to reach out to you or, or interact with you, is there anywhere else you'd like them to go? Yeah. My email is jim at empireom.com. And then um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. My Instagram is coach.jimt. But Tyler, something I want to do for you and, and your listeners that we really discuss is uh, we have our online course and it normally retails for $1,300. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to create a code. I want to gift it to, to you and your listeners to where they can go through this three to five hours worth of content with a downloadable workbook. It's a high level of what we teach and, and things like that. The code is going to be Think Tyler, and uh, you can put that in the notes and share that. But I want everyone to have, you know, we want to, at the end of the day, we want to add value to everybody. We want everyone to have a, a map to build their empire. So I, I'm going to gift that to you and your listeners. And, uh, you know, I'm very thankful for you allowing me to be on your podcast today. Thanks, Jim. And be sure to send that to me. I'll uh, not only include it in the show show notes, but also send it out to my list and share it with my list. So look forward to that, receiving that from you. Thanks again for being on the show. I'd uh, love to have you back in the future. You got something going on. Feel free to come back and, and we can chat about it. And uh, thanks again for your time. Yep. Thank you. That's all for this episode of Think Business with Tyler. But we have plenty more resources to help you in your pursuit of business excellence on our website at thinktyler.com. If you'd like to be featured in a future episode of the show, feel free to reach out to us on social media at think underscore Tyler. We look forward to helping you think life, think success, and think business. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of Her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. 
I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Electricast.